Today, I'm bringing you not one, but two very special guests. First up, we have Phil Mack, country music singer turned TV station owner, and he's going to talk about how he combines his love of music with travel. And then we're very lucky to be joined by co-founder of Not Just Travel, Steve Witt, who's going to tell us all about peaks. Now, this is the time in the industry right now where you will find the best possible deals in travel. He's going to give us all his top tips and tricks and tell us absolutely everything we need to know. Welcome to the Travel Podcast. My name is Hayley Sparks, brand ambassador for Not Just Travel and the Travel Franchise, and I'm very excited to be joined today by a good friend and a really fantastic guest. It is the one and only Phil Mack. Now, Phil Mack has been around for absolutely years on the country music scene and has run a very successful TV music channel. So there's going to be so much to talk about. Phil, I'm delighted to have you on the podcast. How are you? Very well, Hayley. Lovely speaking to you. What a lovely introduction. Thank you. Well, Phil, obviously, we're we're great friends. We've worked together. Um, But for anybody that hasn't come across you, can you just tell the audience just a little bit about you and your background? Because you've had such an interesting career, haven't you? Well, uh, years and years ago, Hayley, I'm getting on in life now, but I used to sing in a pop group at one time, The Untouchables, going back many years. And then about 10, 15 years ago, I went into the music scene via the TV channels, had various TV channels promoting music. Funnily enough, mainly country music, but more recently, Memory Lane, which is, uh, as it says, music from the 50s, 60s and 70s, very popular. And I enjoy that. And because of the TV channel, host a lot of events around the UK, but also take many tours across the world, but mainly to America. People who are into country music, we go, as you know, to Nashville, Tennessee, and across various places in the USA. Exactly. And that's what I'd love to to focus on for this episode, because I think the kind of destinations that we're talking about, all those uh, historic uh, hotspots, whether it's Graceland, Nashville, Dollywood, of course, Las Vegas. Um, you know all of these these places, and not only have you been yourself, but of course you take hundreds of people, and of course all centred around our love of, mu- of music and travel. When you combine those two together, it's just fantastic. I bet you have the best time on those tours. Yeah, absolutely love it. I mean, for the last 10 years, borrowing the time of COVID, we take a tour groups to the USA, and as you say, Visit all these iconic places like um, everyone in the world knows Elvis Presley, Graceland's in Memphis, Tennessee, Dollywood, you know, everyone loves Dollywood, go to Nashville. Uh, we've been down New Orleans, fabulous place, uh, home of blues music. So, yeah, we enjoy it. And fun enough, we're going again this year, but we take between 50 and 150 people year in, year out. And they do love it. Very special place. But anybody listening that fancies um, heading to those places, what, what would you say to convince them to, to give it a go? Well, I would say it is, um, it's, a, it's a memory that you'll always have. And the people that we've taken, um, some of the people have gone on the last 10 trips. And they just all say that it's just memories that you have for the rest of your life, you know. And I would say of all the places, possibly Graceland's, you take the people to the grave and Graceland's where Elvis lived and that in Memphis, Tennessee, and a lot of people break down. It's their bucket list, number one place. 
to see Graceland. And of course, Dollywood. So it's not a hard sell because when you say Elvis Presley or Dolly Parton and people like that, um, very easy to sell. People love it. And they love going in a group rather than booking on their own. We enjoy doing it. As I said, I've been there 10 times and um, yeah, really enjoy it. So anyone who wants to go, it's on your bucket list, go. You won't. Absolutely. Oh, thanks for that, Phil. And, and actually, it's on my, my bucket list and my partner's as well. He's a big fan of music, as you know. So definitely somewhere that I will be coming to you for advice. And of course, our network of travel consultants, that's what they're there for, to help you, guide you, plan your plan your itinerary, whether, whether you're going solo, in a group, or with your partner, with your family, then there's something for absolutely everyone but Phil let's take it back to the beginning because I know travel's always been a big part of your life but growing up the young uh, the young Phil what were uh, holidays like as a young child did, did, did you have holidays did you did you go camping caravanning what, what did your earliest memories look like well in the early days really um it was mainly going over to Ireland my parents obviously were Irish so we spent a lot of time in Ireland in the summer holidays out in the mountains around Donegal was fabulous and also a lot of holidays in the UK in the early days, particularly around Devon. I used to love Devon and the Moors. So it was mainly UK and Irish in the early days. Later on, it started to be further afield. And of course, one of my favourite places from Essex is heading off to Tenerife in the sun. So um, that was it. I've travelled widely since then, but in the early days, it was mainly Ireland, UK, and Tenerife. And that was going to be my question, actually, Phil. Sort of how has your travel uh, taste changed since then? Because I, I think I know the answer to that and that you've, you obviously, with your, your family links to Ireland, you've kept a lot of those uh, favourite places, but obviously you've added more in, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. Ireland is fabulous. I mean, if you go to Ireland, you've, you've got to be prepared for the rain. But if you go to Ireland, the scenery is spectacular. The people are lovely. But as you say, then when I moved on, I would say that probably I've been 40 times, gives my age away, to Tenerife. Absolutely. I've been to all the Canary Islands, Tenerife, Lanzarote, Future Tour, etc. But Tenerife would be one of my favourite places. As you know, Hayley, total relaxation in the sun. Is there a particular part, Phil, um, that you stay? Do you always go to the same place or where do you tend to head in Tenerife? Uh, well, Planus Americus mainly, but also Kostradecki, you know, I love it there. That's a very, uh, probably a bit more upmarket, very relaxing. And I believe some very famous people tend to go there to relax, Jennifer Lopez and people like that. I do like it. But I said, I always find Tenerife very relaxing. I've never had a bad weather there. Thank God, you know. So I said, Tenerife would be my number one slot for going. But since then, branched out to many other countries um, which I'll tell you about later if you like, but uh, probably Cuba, the most interesting place of it. Yes, been. let's talk about Cuba because in the last few years, I would say, it seems to have become a really trendy uh, destination that a lot of people are exploring. Yeah, totally different to anything you would ever expect. And uh, when I first flew to Cuba, um, I went to Havana, um, stayed in a lot of different parts of Cuba. But the first thing I noticed was the people very, very, very poor, very poor, but they love the tourists. And um, the big shock of my life was when you land at the airport, um, nothing there. It's just like a hangar. Nothing, no shops, nothing at all. The armed guards there, you know, um, it's just totally surreal, to be honest with you. 
but the people are absolutely lovely a lot of history to it you know because um Fidel Castro took it over you know broke away from America you know and um uh, it's been isolated for many many years but a lovely place to go really enjoyed it would go back the beaches are fantastic and that people are absolutely gorgeous and they do love the British and the Americans going there and um just a lovely place to to visit and still completely unspoiled you know but um that will change over the time I mean before the revolution uh, it was um the gangster Al Capone had his beachfront properties there which is now a restaurant you know I would say the cars you won't get any car that's not under 40 years old all driving around these old bangers and that but it's really uh somewhere different to go and see i would say and the weather is gorgeous if you don't go in the hurricane season and that's what people i think are often after feel aren't they people who are well traveled like yourself sometimes it is nice to do something that has got that edge that has got that point of difference that has got that unique feel that's a little bit outside of the box and like you say to um you know have that sort of hangar style airport to have the older style of cars to have somewhere that's so almost like going back in time that's kind of how i imagine cuba like all the nostalgia and the history it is but don't go there for the shops because my wife and some of our friends when we was in the part that we was in at the time uh matanza province i think it was we stayed and we had a day in havana so the women were all looking forward to going shopping and when we got there department stores with one mannequin in the window with one set of clothes uh, there's just no there's no shops it is surreal and you have to go there to see it but as i, I can't get over how friendly the people are you know and if you are to take some crayons and pencils for the kids the kids all come up to you they absolutely love it um very unspoiled very untouched but a very poor country you know and it does need tourism and over the coming years i think it'll open up more and more and the weather's good, so a nice place to be. It's something different. That is an absolutely um, fantastic top tip as well. And uh, Phil, I know the answer to this, but uh, I'd love you to share some of your uh, uh, funny travel <laughs> airport stories because I I often ask the guests on the travel podcast what are they like at the airport. Are they someone that likes to get there super early? Are they organised? Do they have a, r- a routine and a ritual? But tell everyone your funny airport story. <laughs> I do tend to get there early, and when I'm taking my events, you know, the um, tours to the USA. We'll have between 50, 100, 150 people. And as you know, Leanne, my PA, comes along with me. So we normally, because of the TV, we get to say Heathrow Airport, which we did four years ago. We turn up there and most of the people know me from the TV. So when we get there, they say, oh, it's Phil Mac, we're going on your trip. So they'll come up. So the big I am me, you know, I say, come on, let's all go up the checking desk, me, Leanne. And I think it was at Heathrow, we had about 80 people following me goes up to the checking desk, the big Phil Mac, gives him my passport, and the chap says, what's this? I only had my wife's passport. So the Phil Mac tour to the USA ended up taking off with my PA Leanne with 80 passengers and Phil Mac me sitting in the airport waiting for the next flight while I wait for my passport to come up. So a great tip is make sure you take your passport when you go to the airport and not your wives or someone else's. Well, do you know what? Especially if you keep your passport at home, for example, in a in a top drawer or in a safe or somewhere like that, where you keep them together, that's really easy to make that mistake. 
And uh, I I always get paranoid about my passport. I, I check it multiple times because uh, it's such a big fear of mine, something like that happening to me. It just goes to show, though, Phil, that even when these things happen, if, if, if the worst happens and there's, I don't know, you can't get to the airport because there's some, you know, road closure or something, these things happen. People miss their flights. It does happen. But in general, you can get the next yeah. flight. You can still make the time up. You can, you can make it work, can't you? You just have to, you just have to go with it and, and find the solution. <laughs> At the time, it's terrifying. When you're at the airport and you realise the plane's taken off an hour and a half, and you haven't got your passport, and it's going to take two hours to get it from Romford back to Heathrow in the rush hour in the morning. Um, something I do check my passport every time there, ten times, you know, before I go. But um, yeah, so uh, these things you say do happen, you know. Of course yeah. they do, but I think you'll only do it once, won't you? You'll only do it once because then you you'll never let that <laughs> you never let that happen again. Um, so your summer holidays they tend to be more uh, Tenerife and uh, and popping back to Ireland. And um, let's talk about your sort of UK staycations because um, I know you've worked with some big hotel groups, so you must have some top tips for the places to stay in the UK. Maybe a nice weekend away? Yeah, we do the weekends away. And as well, I, I can name them because it's probably the biggest company in the UK. Warner Leisure have their resorts across the UK, all, all kind of five-star resorts. And um, we do host events there for the last 10 years. Fabulous places. And uh, they tend to have them in nice locations, you know, um, nice grounds, acres of land around them and that. And as you say, there's some lovely hotels and places in the UK to visit, like the Lake District. Scotland. I mean, I've only been to Scotland a few times, but Abbeymore, the ski resort there, absolute fabulous, you know, and the Cairngorms and Wales. So all parts of the UK are, are great, as you know, Wales, Snowdonia. So if you're booking a short break, uh, possibly pick out some of the nice locations in the UK. And as you know, Hayley, last year or two, we've had some lovely weather, haven't we? we? Have. In the UK. I know. I think yeah. as well, when we were restricted during times where we were all taking staycations, the positive of that, I think it made people fall in love with England again and realise just yeah. how beautiful our own country is and how many fantastic holidays and experiences you can have in your own country and that we probably haven't all explored it as much as we could have done. And I think it opened people's eyes, which is positive because it's great for the economy as well, for our own economy, isn't it, that we're travelling and spending in the UK. And for people that, for whatever reason, might struggle with flights or with young children, they're knowing that you can have some fabulous holidays and have all that variety of, of different places to go. And you talked about Ireland. I know Donegal is, is a key place for you, but are there any other spots in Ireland that you think are particularly beautiful? The, the most famous part of Ireland, possibly, and the most scenic is Killarney. There's actually a song, How Can You Buy Killarney? And the Americans in particular love Killarney, you know. And then near Dublin, Wicklow, you know, it's not too far out of Dublin, into the Wicklow Mountains. And an interesting fact, one of the busiest, I didn't realise it until last year, one of the busiest air routes in the world is Heathrow, London, Dublin. There are so many flights a day. I think every half hour to an hour is a flight London to Dublin. Very easy to get to. And the thing about Ireland is you hop in at Stansted or Heathrow and it's 50 minutes an hour across and you're in Ireland. So um, 
very easy to get to, although I prefer the ferry. And I can nice leisurely drive up to Hollyhead and I go across on the ferry because I do like the driving, you know. But um, for a quick break, yeah, Ireland's brilliant, you know. So um, can recommend it. And the scenery, if you like scenery, Ireland is the place, really good. I completely agree. And, and lovely to have that option, actually, of, of the drive and the ferry. If you Again, for some people, they're not a fan of flying. So that's nice to have that option as well. Let's talk about Abu Dhabi now. Um, our previous episode with Sally, we went into to great detail. But Phil, you were on the, the trip as well. And it was a first for you. How did you find it? Absolute fabulous. Couldn't recommend it enough. Was a bit unsure. When you first rang me up, said you want to go to Abby Dabby, Abby Dabby, you know, got there, haven't stopped talking about it. Absolutely fabulous. The people are so lovely. You know, we were treated brilliantly. The weather was great. Um, the biggest surprise, Hayley, I'm not one for tasting different foods. I mean, I don't, we've like Chinese and the Indian and all this. I'm not one for foreign type of food. So I was a bit worried going to Abu Dhabi, but I've got to say, absolutely loved it. And um, probably one of the highlights of all the places I've ever been was the time we went into the desert. Yes, that's exactly what Sally said on last week's episode. And uh, I completely agree. It was it was something so unique and so special, wasn't it, Phil? And I'm like you, I, I tell everybody because I think there are these places that for whatever reason maybe we have a preconception about them or perhaps we just for whatever reason they're not really on the bucket list we don't fancy them and I think Abu Dhabi is somewhere especially experiencing the desert that, that I hope everyone like would want to do in their lifetime because it's so special. It was a really lovely holiday would definitely 100% go back there no two ways about it and um very westernised, isn't it? Exactly. I, I think that highlights that. That um, I know there's a lot of people like you, Phil, that do prefer traditional English food and perhaps don't have a, a sort of a, a palate where, where you like to try different foods. For other people, that's a massive part of where they travel to experience the food and the culture. But a lot of people, that, that side of things worries them, understandably. And I feel that in Abu Dhabi, there was absolutely everything you wish for. So you could try their cuisine, you could try uh, foods from all over the world. But if you like kind of quite simple, traditional English food, you can get that too, can't you? But the quality and the choice and the variety and the presentation, we ate so well, didn't we? The people who might be listening to this podcast uh, might be like myself and think, oh, no, I would never go to an Arab country or Abu Dhabi or Dubai. It's not my scene. I can tell you, I was totally converted. And probably another shock I get, you hear about this, about alcohol and band and you can't do this, you can't do that. And we was in that hotel, went downstairs and the Irish bar, what was it? It was the Irish bar that we went into. And I thought, this is great. And in the Irish bar, and everyone's dancing and singing. And that's how I just thought it was a great place to be and enjoyed the people. And um, would definitely go back to Abu Dhabi and thank you and, everybody for inviting us out there it was just absolutely top class and anyone who's thinking of going there i'd say just book it just go and definitely put on your bucket list if you're in abu dhabi take the three hour trip out into the desert it was absolutely out of this world people were lovely and um i found it so 
relaxing, away from all the troubles in the world. He was just in a, being on a different planet, wasn't it, really? It was. Fabulous. That 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 was exceptional. It was so different to any other sort of luxury resort I've stayed at because you did feel almost like this is the middle of the desert does feel like you're almost on a different planet a whole other world and it says so much when somebody like yourself who who perhaps wasn't that keen but now you're overflowing with love for it that says a lot about how actually anybody that has thinks is still on the fence I can't encourage you enough to just go absolutely loved it so I'm looking forward to going back there, Hayley. Uh, so have you got any destinations on your bucket list that you're looking forward to um, booking in the future, Phil? Yeah, well, on the, um, with the travel company now, I would love to go to places. That, I think it would be like the Galapagos Islands or Bermuda, Bahamas. Um, yeah, I'd like to go some places like that, you know, uh, give it a try. They seem absolutely brilliant. I've never been to Barbados or anything like that, so perhaps I'd like to go. The nearest I've been... Um, I've been to Malta. That's a lovely island. Well, well worth going to Malta. Been there a few times. But spreading my wings further, I think, as I said to you, yeah, I'd like to go Galapagos Islands, uh, Bermuda, Bahamas. That's where I'd like to go. Oh, fantastic. They all sound great. And when you are away, Phil, what kind of holiday style do you have? Are you somebody that likes to relax? Are you quite active? Are you adventurous? What kind of holiday are you? Hayley, I love the sun. And I just love relaxing by the pool, by the beach, nice restaurant of a night time. That's my ideal holiday. I wouldn't say I'm very adventurous in that. Um, obviously, like yourself, I'm busy during the week with what I'm doing. So when you get away from it all, it's just lovely to relax with the palm trees, if you can, you know. Now, you've been all over the world, so you know you're the expert, Hayley. You know, what holiday do you like? Oh, well, like you, Abu Dhabi was a, an absolute highlight. I love Mauritius. That's my favourite place that I've been to um, four times now and loved every second of it. So that's somewhere I would really, really recommend Indian Ocean away. Now, um, actually, if I were to book there again, I had a top tip from the manager um, of the um, case Al Sarab in the desert who said, actually, what a lot of people do is they come in and have a stop off with us for a few nights in the desert before they go to Mauritius or the Maldives. So they have that contrast of if you're going to have that sort of beachy, beautiful white sand, uh, crystal clear water holiday. But on the way, you've got that desert experience. It kind of breaks it up and makes it more variety and exciting. And I thought, what a fantastic tip that I wouldn't have crossed my mind to to do a split trip like that. But once he said it, I thought, that's fabulous. It breaks up the flight, gives you a bit of variety. So I'd definitely do that next time I go to Mauritius, for sure. No, that's a nice place. Mauritius is another place I'd like to go to. And then thinking out loud, uh, probably another place um, that made an impression on me, of course, Grand Canyon in America. Mm. Well worth going to the Grand Canyon. Fantastic. And I normally ask if you have any packing tips or things that you take away with you, but I know you have a couple of bits that you always pack in your case. Isn't that right, Phil? Yeah, but but the thing is, (laughs) you you pack everything in your case. But let's be honest, you go to these places, and we always say, particularly me and my wife there, you take your cases, you only use a few items, don't you? 
You go to Tenerife, you pack everything in the case, you lug a case around, you end up wearing a pair of shorts, a couple of t-shirts, socks. What do you take? You know what I mean? A few food, a few food items that you're known to, uh, to to pop in there, Phil. Well, I do. To which for anyone's in particular, I must have forgotten that, but I do take food to cover myself at times. You know what I mean? Is it tins of soup that you take with you? <laughs> yeah, if I was going to a country I wasn't sure of, I would take them so I don't starve. I'm not adventurous. I'm not adventurous. And the end takes the mickey out of me because, look, I'm going to be straight. I've never eaten a curry in my life. I've never eaten rice. I've never eaten spaghetti. You know, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And I think when I was in Abu Dhabi, something that had rice in it, and I quite liked it. And the end said, there you go, you're eating rice now, you know. So as I'm getting older, I'm getting more, what you can say, more explorative regarding food. Do you know what I mean? Thanks to you, Hayley. Well, it's it's travel that actually does open your eyes to so many different things. And I think when you're out of your comfort zone, when you're traveling, sometimes it can give you that encouragement to try new things, whether it's experiences or... Uh, you know, jumping in the sea or just being a bit more adventurous with food. I think travel can bring that out of us, which is a lovely positive, isn't it? Yeah. And the places you mentioned, I'll tell you, I do like fish. Wherever I go, I do like fish. So I would imagine that the Galapagos Islands and particularly islands must be some great fish dishes. And um, that I'm very okay with. You know, I don't mind where I go if I have the fish. It comes out, I like cotton chips and helicopter chips, but I will try any kind of fish dish. Yeah. I would say in Abu Dhabi, I'm vegetarian and they they had they really did have food for absolutely everybody, like like yourself, Phil, like yourself, fussy eater, quite basic with your food that you like. Uh, but there was obviously for the meat eaters, the the selection was sensational for the people that love their fish. There was absolutely everything imaginable. Um just just be careful not to eat too too much. <laughs> all I would I would say uh, it just just is is fantastic and um, Phil it's been wonderful to chat to you about travel and I think that so many people will relate to you when you've been honest and said you know there's been places before that I've not wanted to go to I've been put off about worrying about the food and this and that but actually I've been my opinion's been turned around and I'm so glad that I um went for but before we finish the travel podcast, um, let's just tell everyone a little bit about the the channel and how they can find you and and, and watch you because uh, uh, you know it's, it's a fantastic channel and so much variety that that you put out on the television channel, isn't it? Well, well, in the early days, you know, it was mainly country, but it's not now. It's a variety of music, and it's called Music and Memories, and we go out on Freeview two seven one on a medium called Channel Box. So you've got 271, if you've got an internet-connected TV, it's Channel 271. You go on there and click in Music and Memories and the wide variety of shows of country, of Irish, of Memory Lane, of 50s, 60s, 70s. And we also go, some of our shows go on Sky 186, AOZ TV. If you look on there, you'll see the Film Act show or Music and Memories or you'll see Memory Lane show. The most popular show that we do is Memory Lane, as I said at the start. Anyone who likes particularly 50s, 60s, 70s, some bands that you might never have heard of. We tend to play these groups that are, you've never heard of, the Beatles or the Rolling Stones. Or the <laughs> and you've got to laugh, Hayley. The Rolling Stones, Tina Turner, the Beatles and that, still going 50, 60 years later, 
still the biggest stars in the world, Rod Stewart and all them. So I'm really into the 60s, 70s music and long may it live. There Absolutely. And it's a really fantastic place for music enthusiasts and people who love the nostalgia to tune into your yeah. Lane show and hear the music that they grew up with, their classics, like you say, the idols, the icons, everything you have on your show. It's wonderful. So please do uh, do check it out and you can also find uh, the channel on, on Facebook and social media as well. Coming up for you now, I am so excited to be joined by Steve Wick, co-founder of Not Just Travel, because he is here to talk about the most exciting time in travel. Now, the industry term for that is peaks, but basically for the consumer, all you need to know is this is the busiest time of year in travel. And Steve's going to talk you through all of his top tips and why you need to know about peaks so that you don't miss out. Steve, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Absolute pleasure. I know it's a very, very busy time um, for you and the rest of the Not Just Travel team, but it'd be great to explain that for people that aren't aware of this really key time in the travel calendar. Absolutely. I think anyone who works uh, customer-facing, sort of selling holidays this time of year is uh, absolutely working their socks off. It's the busiest time of year. It's when on the back of sort of Christmas, that traditional January sales, everybody's booking their holidays. As much as 60% of all holidays sold this year will be done in this sort of uh, eight-week window. Uh, that just shows you how much sort of volume, how many bookings are being done every single day right now. And why do you think that is then, Steve? Why is this peak period, why does it kind of exist? Um, I think it's it's habits. You know, you think about traditionally it used to be the January sales. So it didn't matter what industry you're in, January was January sales. And we got into that habit. Travel's no different. Uh, so the operators, the hoteliers, the cruise lines, they all put their products on sale. Um, and that created that massive, massive sort of surge. But these days, it's sort of moved on from there. What's happening is tour operators, hotels, they're all trying to um, work out their demand for the rest of the year. So what they're trying to do is get you to book nice and early so that they know how many beds they've sold, how many seats they've sold on the airlines, and then work out the rest of the year. So what they're trying to do is front load everything for the year, which means they've just got phenomenal deals on right now. So what does that mean for the customer? So if they book their holiday right now during this really exciting time, how will they benefit from that then, Steve? Well, there's two things. Number one is you get a brilliant deal if you book right now. But number two is if you don't book right now, you're not going to get your first choice of your holidays because there's so many holidays being sold every single day and booked. Um, those people booking now are getting the first choice. They're getting the best choice of seats on the planes. They're getting the best choice of hotel rooms with the best views and so on. And because all the, you know, a lot of products being booked right now, if you wait till later in the summer to try and grab a last-minute bargain, all the good stuff will have potentially gone. I think that's the misconception that's still out there, Steve, isn't it? Because I think back to, to years ago, I always had the mentality of, oh, actually, wait to the last minute and you'll get this great deal. But now learning about peaks, it, it really is the other way around, isn't it? The early bird kind of catches the worm in this situation. Oh, absolutely. I remember my first ever holiday. It was Lanzarote and I flew, booked it about two days before we traveled. And there was probably about 10 people on the plane and the plane still flew. These days, because of 
you know, everyone's there to try and make a profit, I guess, the airlines, et cetera. They want to make sure planes uh, fly full, the hotel beds are all full. So they're always trying to, like I say, front load all the discounts to sell it to capacity to make sure there's no empty seats. The way I kind of think about it, it's a bit like when you book a um, ticket for a concert, isn't it? If you get in nice and early, then you can kind of scan where you want to sit, make sure you've got the best seats, the best view, or if you want like a VIP experience, they're all available. But then actually, if you don't get in there early and you wait till the end, often the prices have shot up if you're buying your tickets on eBay maybe you're right at the back you've got an obscured view and and this is really how I'm now understanding this this kind of applies to the travel industry doesn't it yeah that's a brilliant example but it's it's, it's true you know the um there are so many great deals right now it's no wonder so many people are booking and they are going to get the best deals because once they're gone they're gone this is um you think that like a, a flight out to the Caribbean, for example, let's say, uh, there typically is only one flight per day with that airline out of um, an airport. It's not like there's another one coming straight behind. So once it's gone, it's gone. Mm, absolutely. So people really should feel excited and incentivized. And Steve, obviously, you're on the front line with not just travel. You're, you're seeing uh, all of the bookings that are sort of coming through the business. Let's talk about what people are going for at the moment. Oh, it's such a mixture um your traditional sort of family holidays sell incredibly well this time of year because everyone wants to plan their summer holidays what they're going to do with the kids what they do with the family so uh, your traditional sort of brilliant summer holiday destinations your spain canaries uh, balearics um, they're absolutely fantastic then you've got your sort of more up and coming destinations like your croatia's fantastic destinations for the summer they're really really selling well um, but even destinations such as uh, Lapland is actually in our top 10 uh, destinations right now because people want to make sure they don't miss out on a fantastic holiday uh, for the winter um, awful lot of last minute bookings being made right now as well you've only got to look out the window and see uh, it's pouring with rain most days right now it's freezing cold so everyone wants to escape so they're really popular and there's um, loads of great deals, again, for families, lots of kids go free type places uh, available right now, but they're really limited. So get in quick to secure those. Um, but, you know, there's so many great destinations and so many uh, what we might call milestone holidays where people are paying a little bit more uh, than they might do for other holidays because they don't want to miss out on these things because they, they really are grabbing a bargain. And also right now, unlike previous years, you can book way into 2025. So we're seeing a lot of people uh, booking for uh, well into sort of 2025, paying a low deposit because there's so many great low deposit deals right now as well. Um, and then just paying, uh, paying a sort of direct debit each month to pay it off over time. And it's hardly, you know, it's next to nothing to pay uh, over 12, 18 months. So they're really sort of, they're not just booking one holiday, they're booking two, three, four holidays at the same time. I love that. Well, I think when the offers are so tempting, it makes sense. And it was actually going to be one of my questions, are people booking for 2025 and beyond? And I think then it, it's really exciting for travel because it opens up more opportunities because especially if they're, they are like those bucket list destinations or maybe it's like that family Disneyland holiday or that trip, that they, they can be, you know, more pricey 
and, and they are a considered purchase. But as you said, if you can book 18 months in advance, you can secure it, you know you're going, you can spread the cost, all of a sudden it becomes so much more realistic and affordable and achievable, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. I think right now as well, because there's so many great deals, what we're finding is people are um, they're still going to go to, let's say, Greece, but because there's such a great deal, they might upgrade rather than go four-star, they're going to go five-star rather than go bed and breakfast, they're going to go all-inclusive because the deals are so good they're grabbing them while they can that's great so in a way they're kind of like upgrading their holiday for the same price or less so they're having that more luxurious experience and have you got any other tips then for anybody who is incentivized to 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 get it get their holidays sorted now any tips for how to find those those really special deals well two tips i guess number one is use a travel consultant so what you'll find is uh, travel consultants such as we have it not just travel they're brilliant because they search the entire market okay if you go to a let's say a well-known tour operator in the high street typically they're going to sell you their product because that's what they sell whereas you come to a travel consultant they've got access to hundreds of different operators so they'll search the entire market to give you much better choice access to a much wider range of deals so that's brilliant and they're paid by the operator not by you so complete independent free service they'll find you the best deal uh, which means you get more choice but secondly if you see something that you think is great grab it there and then because uh, with demand being as it is right now uh, you'll find that it will sell out or the price will increase because what happens the travel industry works on what they call fluid pricing big bit of a geeky term but basically it means as more seats are sold on a plane for example the price goes up it's nothing to do with the travel agents travel consultants it's airlines and hoteliers uh, doing that so if you wait you may see the price go up all the availability disappear in front of you. And then you don't want that gut-wrenching feeling. This is what you could have had. <laughs> and it's got it's great advice. So, so just act quickly. And like you say, you can take advantage of those low deposits if you are booking a holiday well in advance and you want to kind of stagger those payments. Well, thank you, Steve. It certainly has uh, whet my appetite and got me thinking about where I want to go and uh, ticking off some of those bucket list destinations and getting those really exciting deals so just a little reminder for all of the listeners uh, the the best place to head is for the not just travel website you can also check out our app as well there are details on there but if you want to pop in your postcode we'll make it super easy for you we will direct you to your nearest not just travel consultant who is ready and waiting they're there available on the phone they can chat through if you're really a little bit lost perhaps you're feeling overwhelmed you know you want a good deal but you're not sure where to go they're there as the expert to give you all that helpful advice tips they can hold your hand through the whole process do all that research take all the effort and the stress away and you'll be left with your perfect dream holiday at an incredible peaks price so thank you so much steve it's been lovely to chat to you you're welcome and hopefully come back and join us soon on the travel podcast for another episode look forward to it thank you for joining me for another episode of the travel podcast a big thank you to phil mack and of course steve witt for giving us all his top tips of grabbing those great deals and those bargains right now in the peak season and please like share review and subscribe to the travel podcast it really does help us we look forward to seeing you next week i've been Haley sparks take care and i'll see you then